0: Hey, it's just after 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And it's time for Ask the Preacher. Ask the Preacher is your weekly opportunity to have Bible questions answered. And it's brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. God mercy on me, on me. God mercy on me. Ask the Preacher with John Freed. John's out this afternoon. He's taking a holiday break, sitting in. Is Tom and Jerry? Wow, Tom and Jerry,
1: the one, the ones and the onlys. Hey, uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, thank you, thank you, Pastor John, for giving us this chance to uh, tell everybody the good news. Hey, I wanted to, uh, before I forget, right off the bat, I wanted to remind everybody that in about an hour and a half at Believers Fellowship uh, will be our Christmas celebration extravaganza. It's outdoors, uh, covers about six acres of ground. Uh, there's all kinds of activities and events and food there uh, for you to enjoy, and it's all free. You might want to get there a little early. It starts for, at 630, and it runs to uh, 830, and that's tonight and tomorrow night at Believer's Fellowship. If you need the address, it's 5240 North Socrum Loop Road, and uh, there'll be literally a thousand or more people there tonight. It'll be... A madhouse, so uh, you'll really enjoy it. Bring the kids and the grandkids; Uh, they have a blast. We actually have snow falling from the sky, so I think you'll be amazed. All right, God bless you. Um, Anyway, I'm Jerry, and there's my little brother Tom. Good to be here. Good to uh, be with you, Jerry. Yeah, Tom's my little brother. I'm half inch taller and probably ten pounds heavier, but he's eight minutes older. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we we have something since it's the Christmas season to talk about, we're going to talk about Christmas, but a whole lot more in depth than you might normally think. So uh, we're going to talk about the plan of God. And uh, why don't you go ahead and start, Tom? We both have lots of notes. We're we're going to try to squeeze as much in as we can today. (laughs) If you have a notebook and a pen, you might want to write some of these.
2: All right. Buckle your seatbelts. We're going to talk about how God became a man and his name was Jesus. It says in Genesis 3.15, God said to the uh, serpent, I'm going to cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he, the seed, will strike your, your head and you will bruise his heel. It says in one translation, he will crush your head. So the seed of the woman, not the seed of the man, but the seed of the woman is going to come and crush the head of the serpent.
1: Yeah, that's why uh, it seems like an ins- insignificant phrase, but when it says "seed of the the seed of the woman," that has never ever happened before in the history of mankind until the virgin birth. That's why Jesus absolutely had to have been born of a virgin, because the bloodline is passed down from the father. And if Jesus would have been born of Joseph and Mary, uh, he would have had. Blood, just like you and I have blood, and uh, you know he wouldn't have been the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. His blood had to be the blood of God, so only because only the blood of God can remove and take away sin. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Tom.
2: Well, it also says in Ephesians chapter one verse four, how God has chosen us to be in Christ before the foundation of the world. It also says. In chapter 1, the next verse, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. Amen. So this plan of God is not something that just happened. He wasn't shooting from the hip. This is something that happened. He planned even before he created the world.
1: Yeah. And it's, in my translation, it says here, this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Amen. Yeah. Uh, 1 Peter 1.20 Let's see what that says. Well, we could
2: even start with verse 18. Okay. It says, we were
1: redeemed
2: with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without spot or blemish, and he was foreordained before the foundation of the world.
1: Amen. Yeah. God is so smart. Uh, God is so smart. That's why we need to just trust him, because he knows what he's doing, Uh Sometimes we don't think he knows what he's doing. Sometimes we think he missed it, but God doesn't miss it. God never makes a mistake. So uh, you can trust him with your eternal destiny. Amen. Let me, uh, let me go, I can't if I can now, I'm going to go to the book of Galatians, which was written to Jewish Christians. Galatians, that's in the New Testament. If you want to know how to find Galatians, just remember, go eat pork chops. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go eat pork chops. So, Galatians four four. All right, here we go. It says, "But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law." So timing was everything. Uh, it just it all the stars had to align. Tom's guy. Tom's chomping at the bit. He's got well, some. Well, I came.
2: I, this is something hot off the griddle. Okay it says in, in the book of Daniel chapter 9 verse 25 from the time of the decree until from the time of the decree and that's referring to Artaxerxes the king of of Persia until the time when the Messiah would come would be exactly 483 years guess when Jesus was born or when he was baptized in water he was anointed as Messiah was in 27 AD it was exactly 483 years that's why the jews knew that the, that the messiah was coming that's why everybody was excited in jerusalem
1: well they should have been
2: <laughs> somewhere
1: yeah some of the religious leaders they still didn't believe it even though they should have known it and had been doing doing nothing but study all that uh, basically for whole all their adult lives uh it's just so amazing. I mean, God is so smart. I wanted to read to you. Uh, uh, well, I want to talk a little bit more about the Virgin Birth. We got a couple of verses here in Isaiah. I wanted to go through. Um, okay, absolutely. You, you want me to do it, Tom? Hey, it's all good. All right, Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah seven eleven. Okay. I you probably thought we were going to go to uh, verse fourteen. Well, we will, but let's uh, uh, keep going. Later, the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. It sa- he says, ask the Lord your your God for a sign of confirmation. Make it as difficult as you want. Well, well. then in verse 14, he goes Then God speaking, he says, all right, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Yeah, so if you, he thought uh, he could give God a sign he couldn't handle. But God says, okay, well, just let me give you one. Here's what it says, verse 14, Isaiah 7:14. This is 700 years before the birth of Christ. All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. Well, that had never been done before. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us.
2: Amen. I think it's almost like the father was so excited. He just said... Ask me anything. Ask me for a sign. And then he says, all right, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a sign. And the father just had this secret, and I think he was just dying to share. He he really wanted people to know what he, that a virgin was going to conceive and give birth to a son named Emmanuel. So, mm-hmm. And then if you look in chapter 9, verse 6, it says in Isaiah, For a child is born unto us and a son is given and the government will rest upon his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace and of his government and its peace. It will never end. So as far as we're concerned, Jesus being a human being, a child was born. But as far as the father was concerned, The Son was given to us. Amen. Yeah. God's great plan.
1: Uh, That is why I want to emphasize a couple more times perhaps why it absolutely was necessary that Jesus, the Savior of the world, was born of a virgin. Uh, I was asked, uh, one day I was in my driveway on a Saturday, and I'm in my driveway, and I see four people coming down the street There's uh, two adults about 70 years old and two young guys about 20. And they're coming down the street, and I know kind of who they are. You can maybe imagine who they might be. And they get to the end of my driveway, and they said, can we talk to you? I said, oh, yes, I've been waiting for you. And uh, so here's – but then here's what I said. I said, I'll tell you what. Before you tell me what you want to tell me and before I tell you what I want to tell you, I just want to ask you this, if I can show you five places in the Bible that clearly says that Jesus is God, would you believe it? And the one old 70 year old lady who was obviously the spokesperson for the group, she goes, I wouldn't believe it. But one of the 20 year old guys looked at me, he goes, I would. So I immediately turned away from her and I turned right to him. I said, well, okay then. And so I shared these verses with him. I'm going to give you these five verses, and trust me, these aren't the only five, but these are the five I shared with him. And he had a Bible with him, and we opened up the Bible and we read these verses together. And the first one was Isaiah 7:14, and, and uh, which says uh, that God, Jesus would be born, and it would be his name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And uh, we're going to take a break here, and we got lots more to share, so
0: hang in there. But now let's get back to the second segment of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher program, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church in North Lakeland. John Freed, your regular host. He's out today. Sitting in is Tom and Jerry. Why is it always Tom first?
1: That's what I was (laughs) wondering. Yeah, Tom and Jerry. Well, this is Jerry. We kind of sound alike, so you might not even be able to tell one from the other on the the phone or on the radio. Um, Someone called in a... Uh, a few minutes ago and asked a question or made a comment about uh, about the verse we read in Isaiah where it says his name will be called Emmanuel and then another place it says his name will be Jesus and he said the Bible doesn't contradict itself which is true uh, but why does one place say his name will be Emmanuel meaning God with us and then why does it say Jesus? So, Well, that's because Emmanuel is a it's not his name. If he, if he had a birth certificate, which he he didn't, but if he did, it wouldn't have said Emmanuel, it would have said Jesus. Emmanuel is just like a descriptive term d- describing that he would be God with us. It's not really his name. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, uh, I'm going to read here. Uh, the Mary uh, angel was talking to Mary. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Okay, so Jesus is his name. Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Yeshua in the Hebrew. Uh, but anyway, which means ma- which means Savior. savior.
2: It means savior. Yeah.
1: So you can call him Savior. You can call him God with us. You can call him Jesus, you can call him Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, or Prince of Peace. They're all the same. They're all true. Amen. So praise God. Let me go back to my story. Um, So I met these four people coming down the sidewalk. (coughs) Excuse me. I said, if I could show you five places in the Bible that clearly says that Jesus is God, would you believe it? Because it doesn't really matter what else. (coughs) The Bible says, because if Jesus is God, that makes all the difference in the world. If he was just another man, that would make all the difference in the world. So I shared with him Isaiah 7:14, that his name would be Emmanuel, meaning God, with us. Isaiah 9, 6, it says his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Everlasting Father, the Mighty God. And then I shared with him John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Uh Why don't you turn to that in a second, Tom? I got it. And then uh, I shared with him Acts 20, verse 28. I love this. Uh, It says that the early church leaders were to feed the church of God. It says they are to feed and shepherd the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. So that's why it was absolutely important that Jesus was born of a virgin, because only his blood could be the blood of God, and only the blood of God can remove sin from a man's heart. So that's why uh, the virgin birth was so, so vital. And then finally, I shared with him in in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, God was speaking, and he said, God was speaking, and he said, But unto the the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. So, Father God called Jesus, the Son, God. He says, your throne, God, is a scepter over kingdom forever. forever and ever.
2: Amen. Well, you know how the uh, the New Testament writers, uh, they all introduced Jesus in different ways. Uh, Matthew showed how he was the predicted son of David. Uh, so, he, he traced the lineage from David. Uh Luke traced the lineage of, of Jesus all the way back from Adam and to show how God was, or how Jesus was the perfect man. M- Matthew was trying to show t- the Jews that how Jesus was the predicted Messiah. Mark showed Jesus. He didn't even give us a uh, genealogy because he just jumped right into the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was the ever-busy servant and also the suffering servant. He was always busy doing the will of God. And then John, the great gospel of John, gave Jesus a whole different kind of genealogy. Let me read this to you in chapter 1, verse 4, or starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him, and the Word gave life, and the life was the light of men. And then down in verse 14, it says, so then the word became a man. He became flesh and made his home among us. He was full of grace and truth. And then it says in verse 16, and from his fullness, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. So Jesus, uh, in a very unique way, it's it's really kind of cool how he said um, how he said Jesus Jesus was the light of men. I, I just in doing some research, I saw how at the moment of conception, when a sperm penetrates the 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 uh, zinc membrane of an egg, uh, there's a burst of light that occurs. Also, in the every human cell, billions and trillions actually of human cells. There's a there's a thing called the mitochondria, which is the energy machine in the human cell, and every time it makes a it makes a molecule of ATP, which is the energy molecule. Uh, there are bursts of light that occur whenever the energy is produced. So Jesus really is the light of man at conception, and even to help us live and walk and move, uh, and to breathe. Everything that happens in us every second. You don't realize it or not, but there's bursts
1: of light. And that's only God can do that. You can actually see that. It, you can Google that. Yeah, you can. Uh, you can just Google uh, cellular bursts of light, and it'll show you a video. It's awesome. I saw it yesterday. Yeah, I found one more verse. Uh, we're about to go on a break again. But uh, verse 18, John 1, it says, No one has ever seen God, which means fully understood God, but the unique one, talking about Jesus, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. And what that means is he was face-to-face with the Father. He knew him that well. So uh, God bless you. We'll be talking to you again after the break.
0: But well, now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher, your chance to have Bible questions answered, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Your regular host, John Fried is out this week, but sitting in is Jerry and Tom.
1: Well, it takes two of us to equal one of John Freed, so we're going to try to make up the difference here. Uh, Hey, I wanted to, uh, again, just quickly remind you that tonight and tomorrow night at Believer's Fellowship from 630 to 830 is the Christmas Celebration Extravaganza. It's all outdoors, covers about six acres, and it will be a crowded madhouse. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, Everything there is free. All kinds of gifts. There'll be mom and dad and lots of kids and grandmom and dad and uh, it's just a really fun time. There'll be uh, just trust me, you want to go. Uh, there'll be thousands of people there and the kids get it; they get everything, uh, and the parents just get to watch and and laugh and smile. So God bless you. Uh, that's tonight and tomorrow night from six thirty to eight thirty at Believers Fellowship in North Lakeland. Address, if you need it, is fifteen. I'm sorry, fifty two forty North Sokram Loop Road. All right, uh, Tom, you go ahead and... Yeah, I wanted to uh,
2: mention a few more Bible verses that predicted the, the coming of Jesus, not only when he would come, which we already mentioned, but also where he would be born. Uh, it says in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephratah, you're only a small village among all the people of Judah, but yet a ruler of Israel will come from you one whose origins or beginnings are from the distant past. That's another clue right there right Jesus is the eternal one. It also says uh, that when it's talking about Bethlehem the word Bethlehem itself means house of bread and that's um, that's David's hometown and Jesus uh, came from the house of bread and one time uh, he had fed the five, thousand in in uh john chapter 6 he had fed the he had fed the multitudes and afterwards they he had gone into a boat and crossed the lake and the crowds found out where he was and they followed him and they said uh and they wanted to follow him and jesus said the only reason you're following me is because i fed you and and they said uh our fathers gave us bread from heaven what sign can you show to show us who you are that you're a you know, who you say you are. And he says, uh, they said, um, Moses gave us bread from heaven. What can you show us? And Jesus, I love this. Jesus said, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father gave you bread from heaven. And he says, but that's not the true bread from heaven because they ate the bread in the wilderness and they all died. But he says the true bread that comes down from heaven gives life to the world. And then in John chapter six, he says, I am the bread of life. He, if you eat of me, you will never, ever die. He said, my my uh, body is bread indeed, and my blood is drink
1: indeed. Yeah. The Lord gave me a song, uh, gosh, about 15 years ago. And I'm not going to sing the whole thing, but the very middle of the song, uh, it's, it's a picture of Jesus talking to the disciples at the Last Supper. And in the middle of the song, he says, I am the living bread, which came down from heaven, and whoever eats this bread, they shall live forever. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed, this bread is my flesh which I will give. For the life of the world I will give. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
2: Well, Jerry, how about uh, Psalm 22? We talked about that the other day. Some of the amazing predictions uh, of the crucifixion, these were written in the Bible a thousand years before Jesus was ever crucified. In fact, crucifixion itself hadn't even been invented yet. Listen to some of the... Some of what David wrote in Psalm 22.
1: The 22nd Psalm. I remember when I first read it out of the Living Bible, I literally cried when I read it. It was so touching and powerful. Psalm 22. But let me just, in verse 1, uh, Jesus actually said these words when he was on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, In verse 14, he says, my life is poured out like water. All of my bones are out of joint. Yeah, when you're hanging on a cross, hanging by two nails in your hands, uh, yes, your bones are going to just you know go out of joint because of the weight of your body. Uh, it says uh, in verse 17, They can count all my bones, and my enemies stare at me and gloat. They divided my garments among themselves. I'm quoting from a thousand years before it happened. And they throw dice for my clothing. And they pierced my hands and feet. What a... What an awesome prophecy. Even saying that Jesus' hands and feet would be pierced. So uh, it's not a, none of the, God has this whole thing planned out. That's what we're trying to tell you. From from before the foundation of the world, God has this whole plan of redemption all mapped out. and And he did it for you and he did it for me. And that's really what this whole Christmas season and this whole Christmas story is all about. It's all about God wanting a family. And he wants you to be a part of that family. But you have to make a decision to be a part of that family. You aren't automatically a part of that family. You have to be born into the family. That's why Jesus said to the most religious person in all of Jerusalem, he told him, he said, Marvel not that I say to you that you must be born again.
2: Amen. Hmm. I like that scripture in John chapter 1 again, where Jesus uh, said, but as many where John wrote, but as many as received him. Well, first it says, he came unto his own, meaning the Jews or humanity in general. He came unto his own and and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And God all throughout history always was coming to man. Even in the Garden of Eden, he would come and walk with man in the garden. In the wilderness, he, he, he was right in the middle of the camp of the Israelis. As they traveled 40 years in the wilderness, the tabernacle and the presence of God was right in the middle of them. Um, in uh, John, I think it's, it's chapter 23, where, or maybe it's Matthew, but anyways, it's, Jesus was weeping over Jerusalem. He had already done the triumphal entry. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers together her chicks, but you would not. It yeah. was always God's will to love on people. That's all he's ever wanted to do is just love you, mm-hmm. and you love him back.
1: Yeah. So we're going to talk about something now for a second, and then we're going to close with some final thoughts. But this very day, what is today's date? The 16th? 16th. December 16th. You can actually receive eternal life i don't care where you are right now i received jesus in the front seat of my car Hmm. in the spring of 1971.
2: yeah i i received the lord in the back of my van in september of 1971.
1: and so if you're driving or if you're at home or you could be sitting in a bar under a bridge along the interstate
2: in prison and in the hospital wherever
1: you but but it's not all up to God, it's up to you to choose him. He never forces himself on us. Uh, it's such a precious gift. let me let me sh- share with you uh, two things. Uh, John chapter 4 verse 10. when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, he said, "If you only knew the gift that God has for you And then uh, 2 Corinthians 9:15. It says, "Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words." It's so wonderful. It's so unfathomable. You know, the devil didn't know what was happening. It hit him right between the eyes. He thought he won when Jesus was crucified and died on the cross. He thought <laughs> he thought that was the end. And they were probably having a little party. But uh, three days later, oh, that whole thing turned upside down on his head. Amen to that. Amen. Praise God.
2: I love that scripture. John, everybody knows John 3:16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's what Christmas is all about. God giving us his son so that whoever, that whosoever would believe in him or trust in him or put all their weight and faith in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved.
1: Yeah. Remember we sang an old song 30 years ago. It says, such love, such wondrous love, such Such love, love. such wondrous love, that God would love a sinner such as I. How wonderful is love like this. Yeah. Praise God. It
2: says, I think it's in 1 John, the only reason we can even love God is because he loved us first.
1: Oh, I like 1 John. If I have some time today, we're going to, let's look at, maybe I'll do it right now. Let me see. If, it's First John chapter 5, verses uh, 11, 12, and 13. I'm flipping in my Bible real quick. I shared this passage of Scripture with hundreds of people one weekend.
2: Verse
1: 13. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. I'll start in verse 11. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. And then here's my favorite verse, verse 13. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You don't have to wait and wonder and, and cross your fingers when you're, about to, when you're on your deathbed and say, well, I hope I lived a good enough life to get to heaven. You can know now, today. I, I found out in uh, the spring of 1971, and I knew then that I had eternal life. Amen. God bless you. We're going to take our last break, and then we're going to come back and close and uh, give you an opportunity to, to receive Jesus.
0: Fourth and final segment of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher show, and it's brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Sitting in for John Freed this afternoon is Jerry and Tom.
2: Amen. Well, we are going to continue uh, with our message uh, for, for you this, this day, all about Jesus, the Christmas season, the, and the eternal plan of God that was finally put into motion when Jesus was born of a virgin. I remember this one scripture in, in Luke chapter 1 when the angel Gabriel was talking to Mary, and he says, you're going to become a mother you're and the lord is with you and she says and he says don't be afraid mary for you have found favor with god you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the most high god and she and she says well how can this happen i'm a virgin and he says the holy spirit will come upon you and the baby will be that's going to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of god and then in verse 37 Gabriel tells Mary, for nothing is impossible with God. And that word in, in Greek, when it says nothing, it means no thing is impossible with God. And the word thing there is rhema. And she had a word directly from God himself through the great Gabriel angel Gabriel that she was going to become a pregnant, even being a virgin, and she was going to give birth to the Christ, to the Messiah, to the anointed one. Nothing is impossible. No rhema word from God is impossible. So when God gives you a promise in your heart and you claim it and cling to it, know that the word of God cannot fail. Look, Just look uh, earlier in the same chapter, the the priest Zechariah, who is like a, a, minister, a minister. Mary's just a teenage girl. Here's Zechariah, a minister, and God gave him the same rhema word, and he didn't believe it, and then he couldn't— and, and God said, because you didn't believe my word, you're not going to be able to speak until your son is born. And that was referring to John the Baptist. So the rhema word of God is so precious. We have the written word of God, but when God gives you these promises, those are precious, precious. And those are especially for you to cling to and activate. And what Mary did, she says, be it unto me according to thy word. And that's how you activate that word by faith. Amen.
1: There is so much. I mean, we, we are just skimming the surface, just picking and choosing. Uh, I'm going to just for half a minute touch on Isaiah 53, uh, just another just amazing messianic prophecy, probably the most important one and famous one in the whole Old Testament, 700 years before Jesus was was born. And talking about Jesus, it says, uh, I'll start in verse 15. Three. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Amen. Yeah, And then the last half of the next verse, it says, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. In the New Testament, it says that he that knew no sin became sin for us. Again, that's why Jesus had to have been born of a virgin. His, his blood was sinless, it was pure, and he never sinned outwardly in his whole life. Uh, even when he drove out the money changers, He wasn't sinning. It was righteous indignation. And uh, even then, he wasn't sinning. Amen. Amen. Uh, Well, we talked about, I believe we've referred to John one
2: twelve. It says, But to as many as received him, because it said, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as did receive him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God.
1: Okay. I wanted to... I wanted to give you a little, or ask you a question. Is a gift given a gift received? Well, not yet. You know, if somebody offers you a gift, does that mean you've already received the gift? No. That just means it's being offered. It's, But it's up to you. There's always two people involved, a gift giver and a gift receiver. So we are the gift receivers when it comes to uh, receiving from God and receiving jesus and receiving eternal life but as many as received him and uh and so that's what i did when i received jesus in my car i received him and from that day forward my life changed forever and it's been 51 years and i've never looked back and it's never lost its power let me let me share with you uh revelation chapter 3 verse 20 jesus is speaking and he says behold I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. So there's two people involved. Again, there's Jesus. He's standing at the door and he's knocking at the door. But then the other person involved, that's you. It says if if you hear his voice and open the door, and then, then Jesus does the rest. He says, I will come in to him and you will have intimate fellowship with him. In uh, Ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine, it says salvation is a is a gift. It says uh, for by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. So we receive that free gift. Would you close your eyes wherever you are right now and just receive this gift and just as, as sincerely as you know how say Father, today I received the gift of Jesus, the gift of eternal life that you have given for me and I receive it now and I trust you from this day forward to lead me and guide me in Jesus' name. Thank amen. you,
2: Lord, for the most wonderful gift of all uh, Hallelujah.
1: Yeah. Thank God, Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. Praise. Hallelujah. Well, that's it. Uh, again, don't forget if you can tonight, Head on out to Believer's Fellowship, either tonight or tomorrow, and uh, come check out the Christmas extravaganza. We'll see you soon.